Hey, Todd. Check. How you doing there, Nick? Check, check. Check. Doing good. Doing good. Affirmative. Um, announcement time. Yeah. We are moving to, if you just don't have enough Nick and Todd in your life, <laughs> get ready because we... Which most people don't. <laughs> we are moving to bi-weekly releases of... What would my shrink say? That's right. So twice a week you'll be uh, putting a... Yeah, yeah. Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. So on to our uh, topic of the day. This was a, a question from a listener who asked... When, how do I know if a relationship is good enough? And this, in, in his context, it was, how do I know if it's good enough to pull the trigger on marriage, right? Um, but I think we could go more broad with this. I mean, I, th- I think, um, you know, whether it's, how do I know if it's good enough to, you know, commit in some sort of formal way, um, or even just your, you know, yeah, just how, what does that mean, that idea of good enough in a relationship? So, um, yeah, what do you think? Where, where would you start with this this question? It's an, it's an intriguing question, I think, especially because it, it brings up a lot of um, ideas about how we think about relationships and marriage and, um, yeah. Or, or um, man, there, there there's where I would start, I think, is um, uh, knowing the kind of... Um, well, I think I think you said good enough to you know marry to stay in the relationship mm-hmm. to move in together whatever that's an essential part like what's the what's the goal here you yeah. know to good enough for what I guess um, but then also um, I, I, my move would be to operationally define a lot of that mm-hmm. you know um, operationally define operationally define what, what do you mean by that <laughs> <laughs> well I, I I'd want to break up that question I guess and really understand where my client's coming from. Um, what do they expect out of a relationship? You know, are there criteria that they're looking at when they make some assessment about what's good enough or are they, is that question coming because they kind of feel dissatisfied, but they're objectively looking at this like, well, I should be okay Mm -hmm. here and happy. You know, is there some kind of like judgment being made there? Um, this question to me when, when, when it was, when it was kind of brought up, is my relationship good enough? It just brought up a lot of like, Ooh, I want to know, um, what's going on in the mind that produces that thought, you know, what, what's the backdrop against where this is coming from? Um, cause I think that it helped me understand a lot more about, uh, how the person sees the relationship, what their expectations are around the relationship yeah. and where they're trying to go, I guess. So let's, let, let's make it more specific. Let's say that this person is, they're in a committed relationship and they're, they're considering getting married and, presumably spending the rest of their life with this person. And mm-hmm. then what's going through their mind is like, it's pretty good. Like I like a lot of things about this relationship. There are definitely some things I, I don't like, um, but they're kind of ambivalent. They're, it's not, they're not getting a super clear signal one way or the other. Like, yes, this is the one. Go mm-hmm. for it. Mm-hmm. I'm super happy with this person. Pretty confident I will be the rest of my life. Let's do it. And they're not like, well, this person is awful and I obviously, or like it's an awful relationship and I need to get out of it. They're kind of stuck in this gray zone in between where it seems pretty good, but there, there are obviously still some concerns about, I, I'm just not, I'm not super confident that I should go 
all the way with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is something I, I see a lot in therapy. Like I think a lot of people are at this juncture in their life and they're, they just, they feel like they're getting mixed signals basically from themselves um, mm. about whether, and, and so like, how do you, I guess it's a question of how do you decide? Like, how do you know whether it's worth pulling the trigger probably isn't a good metaphor for this. <laughs> <laughs> taking the leap, you know? Um, so what, I don't know, what are some ways to think about criterion for what good enough is? How would you know? How do people know? Well, I, I, to me, this this kind of revolves around the idea of what what do you want in your relationship, you know? And, and the ambivalence is coming from something, which in this um, individual's case, it sounds like there are things that they're, un, they're not satisfied with in the relationship. Um, so, so it could be a question of, um, if the, are those things important enough that they, you feel like they need to be resolved for you to feel good in the relationship? Um, and can you get movement there? That might be one way to explore. Is the relationship good enough? Are you able to bring up these concerns? Um, get some kind of, um, movement on that, that issue. Um, is that important to you in a relationship that you're able to resolve those things? What do you want in a relationship? I guess. That's a okay. So this is one of the ones that came to my mind right away. Is if pick one of those things you're dissatisfied with, right? Have a very honest, open conversation with mm-hmm. the other person and say like, "Hey, this really matters to me." You don't have to say like, "This is a deal breaker. We have to work on this, or we're breaking <laughs> right, up." You right. know, like I, that's not a helpful way to yeah. frame it. I don't this know. is say, important to me. Yeah, it, this this has been an issue. I think for me, at least for me, maybe for both of us, um, let's really kind of come up with a plan to work on this. Right? Yeah, yeah. Do that, and then see how both you and your partner respond to that. Is it something you both can kind of take seriously and actually work on and at least make a little bit of progress on? Because if you can't, that would indicate something much more problematic is going on in the relationship. If you can't say, this is something we need to work on, we're gonna both work on it together, let's do it. If you if you can't do that, and I, I see this a lot, people are just, the end of the day they're unwilling to make mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. moves in an important area mm-hmm. that would be kind of a deal breaker for me like that would be a sign because you have to do that all the time in a relationship right? right right like you have to be able to identify spots you want to work on and both of you have to be able to work together to some degree so if you if you identify that, that either yourself or that, that other person can't do that that would be troubling to me. What do, what do you think about that? I, I think it's beautiful though. Um, uh, the value that you're working from then is, or, or, or the, I guess the analysis that you're working from then is like, yes, this is a big enough issue that I'd like to see it resolved before I ask, or I propose mm-hmm. or I, or I Take answer yes step. to getting yeah. married. Um, and, um, and I would prefer, this is the other underlying value there maybe about relationships is I'd prefer to be in a relationship where things can be resolved and talked about. And by explicitly communicating that, that concern then to you, your partner and seeing if you get movement, um, you're able to find out, can you kind of live in that di- uh, value directed way with that person, mm-hmm. right? And like you're saying, if you bring, you know, for example, let's say, um, Nick and I are in a committed relationship and I say, look, Nick, you know, I, I just, I'm really concerned about the amount of debt you're carrying, mm. you know, and, and I love you and I care about you and I, and I want to, um, I want to see though, if we can get better at that, you know, that that's concerning to me, you know, and, 
And if and if Nick's able to say, Ugh, you know, that's a little embarrassing, Todd, but yeah, okay, I understand that's a thing for you, and you know, I'll, I'll, let's sit down and do a budget, and then I can see that Nick is working on that and he's getting better. Then then the value that I have in a relationship of being able to talk to my partner mm-hmm. and resolve things is satisfied, as well as this other issue that's being generated, and that might kind of move my ambivalence into a more positive direction. Yeah. Now, if Nick says. Hey, you know, I've tried to do this for a while. I, I just, I'm, I'm not that great at it, and I just don't want to work on that. I don't want to talk about it with you. Then I might say, "Oh man, this is this is going to be difficult because for me, you know, being in a relationship with someone who's financially stable is just really, really, really important. And I don't think I'm going to be able to commit to marrying someone who's not right. um, willing to take a look at that. So that might be an example of how um, both recognizing what that value is for me. Mm-hmm. And, and what I'm willing and unwilling to kind of do around that um, and then being able to communicate it really important. Yeah. So another thing, I'm curious if you if you see this too, when I talk to clients who are in this kind of dilemma, the, the other problem that I kind of tease out a lot of times is that people have a strange relationship with uncertainty, mm-hmm. often in all areas of the life, but it really comes up with, with a, a serious relationship. And what I mean is like, some people basically are have a very low tolerance for uncertainty. They have this strong need to know for sure yeah. about things. Yeah. And this comes out in a few ways. Like for, in a really extreme way, some people actually have the, the belief that there is like one person for me. There is the, literally the one. Right. Right. And when I find that one, I'm going to know, you know. And yeah, they're going to be the one and we're going to be happy forever. Yeah. Right? W- worth taking a, a dive around. What are you expecting to feel in here? You know, because if if you're in a relationship and you feel like, man, 100% of the time, I should just, just feel 100% committed to this person and 100% excited about this and 100%, I should just know that this is the right. That's going to be tricky too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a heck of a... Um, uh, mark to live up to right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think looking at your asking yourself, like, what is my relationship with uncertainty? Right. Because I think in, in any area of life, like there's going to be uncertainty. Right. And I don't think anyone can tell you like, yes, you will be happy forever with this person. Right. Or they will make a good match or, or this is the right in, the, in, right. in air quotes, the right person. Exactly. Or, yeah. So I think it's important to be a to face up to that idea of uncertainty and the fact that you probably will never be as certain as you would like to be. Mm -hmm. And then also to kind of assess, and this is something I see a lot is what is your personal preference for risk? Mm. So, and I think about this because I think it's like a long-term relationship or a marriage. In a lot of ways, it's a bet. Like you're, you're, you've got some information. Hopefully you've dated for a while and you get a sense for who they are and what you want out of a relationship. You've <laughs> right. got some information, right? But again, there is uncertainty inherent in that decision. Sure. So you are betting that this is going to go, this is going to go well, right? So, but I think like with any sort of betting environment, people have different tolerances for risk. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think that is actually a, a worthwhile question to ask, which is like, what is my preference for risk? If, if I'm just... You know, if in general, I, I tend to not like taking too much risk and I am a more cautious person to say like, yeah, maybe it's, it makes sense for me to like wait a little longer or date someone else or, or try something different here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really key to understand. And along with that risk is, I see this a lot with relationships is volatility. So 
every relationship is going to have sort of a different profile for volatility. Mm -hmm. So some people just seem to have, there's a lot of like peaks of stress and volatility in their relationship. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean it's wrong. There's, there's a lot of unhappy relationships that aren't particularly volatile. Right. right, right. Um, but I think a lot of people interpret volatility as bad. Like we get in fights. Like I, I had someone told me like, yeah, like at least once a month, like we get into a fight. <laughs> like, well, okay, fine. Like you, you're, best friend never gets in fights with her husband. But yeah. Like, that doesn't mean that that's normal or that you getting in a fight once a month is a bad sign, yeah. right? That there's... Depends on the, the, the top topography of the fight, but yeah, I, that, it's normal to have disagreements and, and sure. argue maybe right. yeah, once a month. That's pretty good. On the other hand, the fact that you never get in fights is also not necessarily proof positive that it's a super healthy relationship. Uh-huh, uh-huh, right? right? So I think thinking about volatility in a relationship is really important and to how that actually relates to a healthy relationship. Cause I think you can have a perfectly healthy relationship that has some volatility in it that has some sort of, and some people probably have more comfort with that than others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And I, so I think that's just another kind of dimension that's important to be sort of self-aware about. Oh, I right? think you're right. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Looking at, at, at what your expectations again are of the relationship and are they, are they somewhat functional? Or are they based on this idea that we should just never ever fight? But once in a once in a while, we get in a good dust up about where we're going to eat that night. <laughs> right. And if, <laughs> if you're the kind of person who mm, runs hot, for lack of a better term, like you just are kind of a conflictual person, and you like maybe you're very passionate, right? And you just like tend to have disagreements. You got to think. You, I, th I think you got to think to yourself. Okay, I'm. I tend to get in. We get into conflict periodically in this relationship. It's not like abusive, nothing bad. We recover right. fairly well from yeah. it. What are the odds that I'm going to find a relationship that's conflict-free? Yeah, that I never Especially get. given my penchant for... My temperament or yeah, whatever. Yeah, my temperament, yeah. right. Or maybe it's not that you are extremely, like, maybe it's that you're just kind of anxious, like you're a kind of anxious person, mm -hmm. and that leads to stress in your relationship, right? You, what are the odds that you are going to completely eliminate your anxiety and you're going to find another relationship where your anxiety doesn't impact the Just relationship to some degree, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think being realistic about, I think it's very easy to be romantic about relationships, not surprisingly. Um, but when it gets, when it gets unrealistic, that's, I think that's a big reason why people get stuck. Yeah. And ambivalent. Yeah. You know, in, in so many of these things I think are the, um, potentially are um, the glue that holds a relationship together. You know, can you resolve these things? Can you talk about these things? Can you, can you work on them and get better at them? That, that tends to be a really good sign uh, for relationships. You know, it, it occurs to me though, that, that one of the reasons I hear this question a lot tends to be from my observation um, that clients are just dissatisfied with their relationship. Mm -hmm at the end of the day, they're just not happy and, and don't feel fulfilled. And this question is coming more from a place of, well, you know, it's been three years. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what else is out there. I don't know. And it's like, Oh, should I do this? You know, it, it, it this question sometimes comes up when the person really knows, like, I don't want to be in this relationship. Um, and so, there is this kind of should is is it good enough? Is it just good mm -hmm. enough? And should I just kind of be satisfied with it? And um, 
um, maybe, or, or, or I'm too picky, you know, I, I'm just too picky, right. and I, you know, um, but, but it seems to be, there's a sense already that the person's ambivalence is more leaning towards, oh, I'm just not as happy here. And they're asking this question and freezing here is more a way of avoiding ending a relationship sometimes, um, rather than really an honest look at, should I, is this good enough? Right. You know? Yeah. But so it, it depends it, on how you're phrasing that question, I guess. Yeah, and I think, but I think part of it is people genuinely are confused. People generally don't know how they would know whether something was fulfilling or good enough. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that, that's a tricky yeah. problem, I think, right? Like, yeah. obviously, you can't be perfectionistic. There is no, like, completely fulfilling relationship, right? Yeah. But then there are, if it's just, like, kind of like, eh, I just, I don't know, I'm just not really that into it. And, like, obviously, it's not particularly fulfilling, <laughs> right, right? Right, right, But how do you know... There's a again. There's a gray zone in there, and my my only thought here is, you you just need data. Like you need to be in a lot of relationships to figure out what is actually fulfilling for you. No one can yeah. like tell you that, and you're not gonna you're not gonna think your way in. You're not gonna philosophize your way into what makes for a fulfilling relationship. You, mm-hmm. you, you need lots of examples and experience, I think. Yeah, and as you learn about yourself, make make note of those things. You know, you 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 prefer relationships where conflict isn't it, it stays within certain parameters. Mm-hmm. You prefer a relationship where um, conflict is resolved instead of repeated. I see. You know, um, you know, but to 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 really start defining what it is that you require inside a relationship that might be a better way of kind of holding your relationship up against it saying, is it good enough? Is it, yeah. is it, is it a positive enough relationship for me to stay in or take to the next level? If you have some of those criteria it can really be helpful. And I think an underappreciated way of figuring out what those criteria are, what those things that really matter to you are that, that really do make you fulfilled, feel fulfilled in a relationship is kind of strangely understanding um, fake criteria for fulfillment. And what I mean by that is, <laughs> criterion that you think should be important to you either because it's culturally it's it's sort of important or it's important to your family or it's what your best friends keep telling you like you got to be really careful of that and it's very hard to understand what you want if you can't tease apart what you want versus what you think you should want yeah so so really trying to do some process of elimination where you go well clearly this is a value to other people but I don't really resonate with this yeah. very much. Like I get why they do, but it doesn't seem to be that important to me if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And if you can really do a lot of good subtraction work in terms of like subtracting out other people's values and seeing what remains, yeah, I think you're going to be in a much better place to identify some legitimate personal values that are yeah. really important to you. You know, so for, for example, some people love relationships where... Um, uh, the other person is really independent, has their own interests, mm-hmm. does their own thing, has lots of projects. Some people prefer a relationship where there's a lot more overlap mm. with shared projects, shared um, activities, shared interests, right? Um, and to really know where you fall in that, to say like, oh, you know, I don't really like it when uh, my partner's super independent and I like never see them, you know, because we have zero overlapping interests. Some people love that, you know, um, but to realize, yeah, I don't. And, um, that's one of my criteria is that we have a certain amount of overlap in our interests and activities and things like that. So if I was going to summarize what we've talked about, to me, the main theme here is if you're, if you're experiencing a lot of ambivalence about whether this is a good relationship, that's good enough that you want to go forward on, it's probably a function of lack of clarity about what you actually want. 
mm-hmm. or what uh, will make you feel fulfilled in yeah, a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And so the, that is probably a good area to start to do some work is to clarify and really refine what is it that's actually important to me. Yeah. And then maybe look at what, what are my expectations as well for how I should feel about this. Um, yeah. Hey everyone, Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast. Please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance. And if you have any feedback or comments for us, that'd be great as well. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast, let us know in the comment section as well. Thanks.